Hello there. This is going to be a very short, very brief, but very important episode of the podcast. I'm so glad you're here. There's going to be just two components to this. First of all, I am putting out an open call asking you to contribute, please, 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 to a crowdsourced episode that I am going to release in December. It's going to be about Christmas desserts around the world. And I would love for you to share your heritage, your culture, your traditions with us by participating in this episode. The second thing I'm going to do, because I cannot leave you without a food story, is I'm going to share, um, I'm just going to read aloud a, a special Christmas food story from one of my favorite childhood books, Um the little house in the big woods. There were two others I actually wanted to read from. I, They're not in the public domain, and I don't want to have any copyright issues. So I will just tell you about these two others um, that embrace um, more cultures. And I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about those when we get to that portion of the podcast. But first, again, this is an open call. What I am asking you to do is to share with all of us um, a story, a memory, the history behind your favorite Christmas dessert from your own culture, heritage, or tradition. This is going to be super easy for you to do, and you can do it just by clicking on a few links right there in the show notes. So um, there's a couple ways to do this. Let me go through the details here. Um, the first thing is, again, the most important thing that I want from you is your stories and your memories. If you don't have an actual recipe to share, or if it's a secret family recipe, and you don't um, want to do that, that's fine. I still would love for you to participate in this episode by clicking the link to SpeakPipe right there in the show notes, and you're going to leave in your own voice um, anything that you want to share about this recipe. You could consider describing the dessert if it's something that's unusual in taste and texture or uh, flavor or ingredients for a lot of us. You could tell us anything you know about the history of the dessert. If there's some sort of meaning or symbolism in it, that's a great thing for us to learn about in this episode. Um, Certainly, we would love to hear who made this dessert, what you remember about them, why they're special to you. We'd love to hear about the home or the place where you made it, um, maybe what the weather was like outside when you, when you remember making this, um, what it looked like especially if it was an unusual thing for you. Um, and then finally, of course, anything else about your memories of gathering with people and making this together, if you made it for someone, if you received it from someone, all of those memories are the kinds of things that we love to hear about on the Storied Recipe podcast, and especially in a crowdsourced Christmas episode. So again, this is going to be an episode called Christmas desserts around the world, and it's going to focus on exactly that. But why? Why am I asking for your help in August um, for an episode that's going to be released in December? Well, here's why. Because before I release this episode with the um, with the stories in your own words and in your own voices, much earlier in September, I'm actually going to release a blog post by the same name with lots of links um, to these recipes. So if you are a food blogger and you have a website, um, a food blog, and you would like to have a backlink 
to this recipe that you're going to share about, I would love to include that. If you don't have a website or food blog, but you'd really like, you're excited about the idea of sharing your own personal recipe and getting credit, um, then I would love to share that in the blog post. And Again, if you don't have um, your own favorite recipe or if it belongs to someone else or if it's a secret recipe, that's okay. Um, I would still include your dish in the blog post that's going to come out in September. And what I will do is just find one on the internet that I can link to. I, I won't copyright, I won't plagiarize or anything like that. I'll just um, link to that. Everyone always appreciates a good backlink. So um, that's my plan. There's going to be a blog post released in September with Christmas desserts around the world. And this is going to be informative and helpful. And it's going to um, hopefully bring lots of people that are searching for this and what they're going to do is they're going to hear that there is going to be an episode released in December um, in sharing sharing all of these stories. And uh, hopefully they'll get the recipe that they need early on. And they'll also subscribe to the podcast. Looking forward to this beautiful episode, this nostalgic, heartwarming episode that we are going to create together that will be released in December. Does that make sense? I hope so. If it doesn't, if you have any questions at all, feel free to email me at becky at thestoriedrecipe.com. Otherwise, please just right there in the show notes, um, lots and lots of links for how you can, um, well, not lots and lots, but the critical links that you need <laughs> to share with me are right there um, in the show notes. Or you can always just Google the, uh, yeah, the storied recipe Christmas in August that will take you um, to all the information you need about how to, how to how to submit a recipe and share, most importantly, share your story or memory. So like I said, I never like to leave you without a recipe, um, without a story about food. And uh, a lot of you guys, when I shared the fairy tale about salt a couple weeks back, a lot of people really enjoyed that, even though I felt super foolish um, reading out loud into a microphone. A lot of you guys like that. And I thought, you know what, let me do that again. Let me share a Christmas food story. And um, first, like I said, I want to recommend two books for you. One is Merry Christmas Strega Nona um, by Tomi DePaolo, a very, very famous um, children's book author. He only died a couple years ago. And this book was written within the last 50 years. So I'm a little nervous about reading it out loud. But it's a super cute Italian uh, Christmas food story. Really, really quite, quite sweet, actually. I loved it. Um, and then there's an even more recent one that I would recommend. This is called Carla and the Christmas Cornbread. And it's actually written by Carla Hall, the famous top chef turned Food Network star, cookbook author, etc, etc. Um, lovely illustrations, um, illustrated by Sharice Harris, who was an artist who grew up in Barbados. And this is just a very um, tender story, um, inspired by a family, a black family celebrating Christmas in Tennessee. I actually believe it's really inspired by Carla, <laughs> Carla's childhood for sure. And um, again, just a tender, sweet, heartwarming, uplifting story. Good plot, beautiful illustrations. Recommend that one to you as well. But in the meantime, like I said, I only want to read a Christmas food story that's in the public domain because having had my Facebook and Instagram hacked, I don't want to also 
risk Apple Podcasts somehow taking my podcast down for a silly reason. So I'm going to read this story that's in the public domain um, from actually this one's from yeah, Little House on the Prairie. Little House on the Prairie. And this is Mr. Edwards meets Santa Claus. The story made quite an impression on me when I was a child. Um, if you've heard it, I, th- I think you, you probably know why. If you haven't, then when I'm done reading, um, I think you will. So this is Mr. Edwards meets Santa Claus. The days were short and cold. The wind whistled sharply, but there was no snow. Cold rains were falling. Day after day, the rain fell pattering on the roof and pouring from the eaves. Mary and Laura stayed close to the fire, sewing their nine-patch quilt blocks or cutting paper dolls from scraps of wrapping paper and hearing the wet sound of the rain. Every night was so cold that they expected to see snow next morning, but in the morning they only saw sad, wet grass. They pressed their noses against the squares of glass in the windows that Pa had made and they were glad they could see out, but they wished they could see snow. Laura was anxious because Christmas was near, and Santa Claus and his reindeer could not travel without snow. Mary was afraid that even if it snowed, Santa Claus could not find them, so far away in Indian territory. When they asked Ma about this, she said she didn't know. What day is it? they asked her anxiously. How many more days till Christmas? and they counted off the days on their fingers till there was only one more day left. Rain was still falling that morning. There was not one crack in the gray sky. They felt almost sure there would be no Christmas. Still, they kept hoping. Just before noon, the light changed. The clouds broke and drifted apart, shining white in a clear blue sky. The sun shone birds sang, and thousands of drops of water sparkled on the grasses. But when Ma opened the door to let in that fresh cold air, they could hear the creek roaring. They had not thought about the creek. Now they knew they would have no Christmas, because Santa Claus could not cross that roaring creek. Pa came in bringing a big fat turkey. If it weighed less than 20 pounds, he said, he'd eat it feathers and all. He asked Laura, How's that for a Christmas dinner? Think you could manage one of those drumsticks? She said yes, she could. But she was sober. Then Mary asked him if the creek was going down, and he said it was still rising. Ma said it was too bad. She hated to think of Mr. Edwards eating his bachelor cooking all alone on Christmas Day. Mr. Edwards had been asked to eat Christmas dinner with them. But Pa shook his head and said a man would risk his neck trying to cross that creek now. No, he said, that current's too strong. We'll just have to make up our minds that Edwards won't be here tomorrow. Of course, that meant that Santa Claus could not come either. Laura and Mary tried not to mind too much. They watched Ma dress the wild turkey, and it was a very fat turkey. They were lucky little girls to have a good house to live in and a warm fire to sit by and such a turkey for their Christmas dinner. Ma said so, and it was true. Ma said it was too bad that Santa Claus couldn't come this year, but they were such good girls that he hadn't forgotten them. He would surely come next year. Still, they were not happy. After supper that night, they washed their hands and faces, 
buttoned their red flannel nightgowns, tied their nightcap strings, and soberly said their prayers. They lay down in bed and pulled the covers up. It did not seem at all like Christmas time. Pa and Ma sat silent by the fire. After a while, Ma asked why Pa didn't play the fiddle. Then he said, I don't seem to have the heart to, Caroline. After a little while, Ma suddenly stood up. I'm going to hang up your stockings, girl, she said. Maybe something will happen. Laura's heart jumped. But then she thought again of that creek, and she knew nothing could happen. Ma took one of Mary's clean stockings and one of Laura's, and she hung them from the mantel shelf on either side of the fireplace. Laura and Mary watched her over the edge of their bed covers. Now go to sleep, Ma said, kissing them goodnight. Morning will come quicker if you're asleep. She sat down again by the fire, and Laura almost went to sleep. She woke up a little when she heard Pa say, You've only made it worse, Caroline. And she thought she heard Ma say, No, Charles, there's the white sugar. But perhaps she was dreaming. Then she heard Jack growl savagely. The door latch rattled and someone said, Ingles! Ingles! Pa was stirring up the fire, and when he opened the door, Laura saw that it was morning. The outdoors was gray. Great fish hooks, Edwards! Come in, my man! What's happened? Pa exclaimed. Laura saw the stockings limply dangling, and she scrooged her eyes shut into the pillow. She heard Pa fi- piling wood on the fire, and she heard Mr. Edwards say he had carried his clothes on his head when he swam the creek. His teeth rattled and his voice shivered. He would be all right, he said, as soon as he got warm. It was too big a risk, Pa said. We're glad you're here, but that was too big a risk for Christmas dinner. Well, your little ones had to have a Christmas, Mr. Edwards replied. No creek could stop me after I fetched them their gifts from Independence. Laura sat straight up in bed. Did you see Santa Claus? She shouted. I sure did, Mr. Edwards said. Where? When? What did he look like? What did he say? Did he really give you something for us? Mary and Laura cried. Wait, wait a minute, Mr. Edwards laughed. And Ma said she would put the presents in the stockings, just as Santa Claus intended. She said they mustn't look. Mr. Edwards came and sat on the floor by their bed, and he answered every question they asked him. They honestly tried not to look at Ma, and they didn't quite see what she was doing. When he saw the creek rising, Mr. Edwards said he had known that Santa Claus could not get to it. But you crossed it, Laura said. Yes, Mr. Edwards replied, but Santa Claus is too old and fat. He couldn't make it where a long, lean razorback like me could do so. And Mr. Edwards reasoned that if Santa Claus couldn't cross the creek, likely he would come no farther south than Independence. Why should he come 40 miles across the prairie, only to be turned back? Of course he wouldn't do that. So Mr. Edwards had walked to Independence. In the rain? Mary asked. Mr. Edwards said he wore his rubber coat. And there, coming down the street in Independence, he had met Santa Claus. In the daytime? Laura asked. She hadn't thought that anyone could see Santa Claus in the daytime. No, Mr. Edwards said it was night, but light shone out across the street from the saloons. Well, the first thing Santa Claus said was, 
Hello, Edwards. Did he really know you? Mary asked. And Laura asked, Well, how did you know he was really Santa Claus? Mr. Edwards said that Santa Claus knew everybody, and he had recognized Santa at once by his whiskers. Santa Claus had the longest, thickest, whitest set of whiskers west of the Mississippi. So, Santa Claus said, Hello, Edwards. Last time I saw you, you were sleeping on a corn shuck bed in Tennessee. And Mr. Edwards well remembered the little pair of red yarn mittens that Santa Claus had left for him that time. Then, Santa Claus said, I understand you're living now down along the Verdigris River. Have you ever met up down yonder with two little girls named Mary and Laura? I surely am acquainted with them, Mr. Edwards replied. It rests heavy on my mind, said Santa Claus. They are both of them sweet, pretty, good little young things, and I know they are expected me. I surely do hate to disappoint two good little girls like them. Yet with the water up the way it is, I can't ever make it across that creek. I can figure no way whatsoever to get to their cabin this year, Edwards, Santa Claus said. Would you do me the favor to fetch them their gifts this one time? I'll do that and with pleasure, Mr. Edwards told him. Then Santa Claus and Mr. Edwards stepped across the street to the hitching post where the pack mule was tied. Didn't he have his reindeer? Laura asked. You know he couldn't, Mary said. There isn't any snow. Exactly, said Mr. Edwards. Santa Claus traveled with a pack mule in the southwest. And Santa Claus uncinched the pack and looked through it, and he took out the presents for Mary and Laura. Oh, what are they? Laura cried. But Mary asked, then what did he do? Then he shook hands with Mr. Edwards, and he swung up on his fine bay horse. Santa Claus rode well for a man of his height and build, and he tucked his long white whiskers under his bandana. So long, Edwards, he said, and he rode away on the Fort Dodge Trail, leading his pack mule and whistling. Laura and Mary were silent an instant, thinking of that. Then Ma said, You may look now, girls. Something was shining bright in the top of Laura's stocking. She squealed and jumped out of bed. So did Mary, but Laura beat her to the fireplace. And the shining thing was a glittering new tin cup. Mary had one exactly like it. These new tin cups were their very own. Now they each had a cup to drink out of. Laura jumped up and down and shouted and laughed, but Mary stood still and looked with shining eyes at her own tin cup. Then they plunged their hands into the stockings again, and they pulled out two long sticks of candy. It was peppermint candy, striped red and white. They looked and looked at the beautiful candy, and Laura licked her stick just one lick. But Mary was not so greedy. She didn't even take one lick of her stick. Those stockings weren't empty yet. Mary and Laura pulled out two small packages. They unwrapped them and each found a little heart-shaped cake. Over their delicate brown tops was sprinkled white sugar. The sparkling grains lay like tiny drifts of snow. The cakes were too pretty to eat. Mary and Laura just looked at them. But at last Laura looked hers over and oh Mary but at last Laura turned hers over 
and she nibbled a tiny little nibble from underneath where it wouldn't show. And the inside of that little cake was white. It had been made of pure white flour and sweetened with white sugar. Laura and Mary never would have looked in their stockings again. The cups and the cakes and the candy were almost too much. They were too happy to speak. But Ma asked if they were sure the stockings were empty. Then they put their hands down inside them to make sure. And in the very toe of each stocking was a shiny, bright, new penny. They had never even thought of such a thing as having a penny. Think of having a whole penny for your very own. Think of having a cup and a cake and a stick of candy and a penny. There never had been such a Christmas. Now, of course, right away, Laura and Mary should have thanked Mr. Edwards for bringing those lovely presents all the way from Independence. But they had forgotten all about Mr. Edwards. They had even forgotten Santa Claus. In a minute, they would have remembered. But before they did, Ma said gently, Aren't you going to thank Mr. Edwards? Oh, thank you, Mr. Edwards, thank you, they said, and they meant it with all their hearts. Pa shook Mr. Edwards' hand, too, and shook it again. Pa and Ma and Mr. Edwards acted as if they were almost crying. Laura didn't know why, so she gazed again at her beautiful presence. She looked up again when Ma gasped, and Mr. Edwards was taking sweet potatoes out of his pockets. He said they helped to balance the package on his head when he swam across the creek. He thought Pa and Ma might like them with the Christmas dinner. There were nine sweet potatoes. Mr. Edwards had brought them all the way up from town, too. It was just too much. Pa said so. It's too much, Edwards, he said. They never could thank him enough. Mary and Laura were too excited to eat breakfast. They drank the milk from their shiny new cups, but they could not swallow the rabbit stew and the cornmeal mush. Don't make them, Charles, Ma said. It will soon be dinner time. For Christmas dinner, there was the tender, juicy, roasted turkey. There were the sweet potatoes, baked in the ashes and carefully wiped so that you could eat the good skins, too. There was a loaf of salt-rising bread made from the last of the white flour. And after all that, there were stewed dried blackberries and little cakes. But these little cakes were made with brown sugar, and they did not have the white sugar sprinkled over their tops. Then Pa and Ma and Mr. Edwards sat by the fire and talked about Christmas times back in Tennessee and up north in the big woods. But Mary and Laura looked at their beautiful cakes and played with their pennies and drank their water out of their new cups. And little by little, they licked and sucked their little sticks of candy till each stick was sharp pointed on one end. That was a happy Thank you all. I will be back next week with Marina from Kazakhstan and a typical episode, um, typical but wonderful episode of the Storied Recipe podcast. Until then, have a great week, my friends.